Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn. And before we get started with the episode today, we have some business to take care of. I need everyone who listens to this podcast to go, if you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, press pause and please rate it. Like I see how many of you are listening and I don't have that many ratings. So if you could just press pause right now, give me five stars. I would very much appreciate it. Um, But today we're going to talk about Ecuador. (laughs) I told you guys, most of you guys know, I went on a trip to Ecuador with my bestie from college. Okay, so me and my best friend have been talking about taking this trip to Ecuador since 2010. So it's been longer than a decade. Um, She's Ecuadorian and she moved to the States when she was eight. And she's been back since, like a lot of her family is still there. And I was hanging out with them this whole past week or so. Um, But it's very different when you're like, actually Ecuadorian and when you're like considered a gringa obviously I'm a gringa like American and so is she now but we were with her cousins and stuff who actually still live there um and this is my first time in South America so I feel like I don't know if that was the culture shock or if it was just specifically Ecuador but like there was definitely culture shocks for me um let me just paint you guys a picture so you can just just understand so when I get on the plane I'm at like JFK just getting on the plane I'm the only black person for miles. Like there's not another black person on this flight. Everyone's speaking Spanish. Everyone is small. Like (laughs) I know I'm a very tall person, but like the Ecuadorian people are small people. Like everyone was like five, two. And then there was me. And this woman on the plane next to me is like putting on a full beat, like beating her whole face for when we land. She has a whole entire makeup spread out on the tray table, like doing a full skincare routine, did a full face. And I'm like, what is going on? Like we're landing at like, I don't know, 10 p.m. And she's like, I can't be out there looking crazy. And my friend was like, yeah, that's pretty normal. Like we don't walk around looking like like everyone is put together when they go out in public. And here I am in like a Victoria's Secret pink sweatsuit, no makeup, walks out of the airport, like (laughs) just sticking out like a sore thumb. Um, And so my friend comes, she picks me up from the airport. And this is like another thing that I guess I didn't realize. It's pretty classist there. Like there's people that are rich and have money. And then there's people that are like, not. And like, you could obviously say that about America, but it's just like very apparent there. Um, so like, I, like you would never take a car just from the airport, like with a random person, like my friend came to get me in a car from a driver that she trusts. And then we drove over to like where her family lives and they're all like gated communities. Like it literally looked like, it kind of reminded me of Florida, but like you just drive down this like long highway and it's just like gated after gated after gated neighborhood. So yeah, that was interesting. So then we get to her grandma's house and they have like people that cook for them Monday through Friday and people that like, I I literally still don't know what to call them because I feel so weird about it. But like, I guess maids, Um, they have maids and they have cooks and we get there and like, they're making lunch for me. And they're like, yeah, sit down. We're making everything. And I asked my friend like, oh, can I get myself a glass of water? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just sit here and wait for it. And then also I don't speak Spanish. So I'm just like feeling super weird about the fact that I like can't even politely ask like, hey, can I have some water? Like I just felt really weird being served. Like it felt like I was at a restaurant, but I was in a home. Um, And then my friend, I'm going to call her Camilla because that's her name. So Camilla tells me like, she told me before I got there, you need to bring clothes that like you could wear in the city. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Like, 
And she replied to one of my Instagram stories and she was like, yeah, what you're wearing right now, like, wouldn't be okay. I was wearing a crop top and a pair of jeans. And she's like, yeah, you can't wear like a bra top there. And I was like, it's 87 degrees. Like, what am I supposed to wear? And she was like, yeah, you have to wear like, you, you should like cover yourself up a little bit more. Like you have to wear pants. You wouldn't wear like a little tiny top. Like you wouldn't, you would have to keep it. I don't even know what to call it. Um, so I had the biggest struggle trying to get dressed the first time I got there, um, the first day I got there. And um, I changed my shirt like six different times and ended up wearing one of her shirts, even though I brought a full checked bag full of clothing. I still didn't have anything that was appropriate enough to wear. So we go out the very first night that I'm there um, with a driver that we trust, of course. And I'm like, first of all, well, no, this time I wore like something that was appropriate apparently. Um, but the driving, the driving was another thing that I found shocking. I guess I shouldn't have been that shocked. Like it is a third world country and like people drive like wild. Um, but this was a different level. Like there's basically no rules on the road besides like don't hit each other. Like I felt like I was in a video game and like my friend's cousin was like, oh yeah, the lines like yeah, you can follow, like you can ride in between the lines, but they're basically more like a suggestion instead of like a rule. And I was like, what? <laughs> and people cross, like people pass each other, not just like on the highway, like on one lane roads, they'll literally go into the other lane, pass each other and get back over. And I'm like, okay, this is going to take some getting used to. And I was joking with my friend that like, I felt like I was about to die at least four different times on this trip, but like not actually a joke. <laughs> um, so one of the times that I genuinely thought I was close to death, we were riding in a car with her cousin and we were heading to dinner and he's in the front, like he's, he's driving this big truck and we're, I'm in the back with my friend and her cousin and his wife's in the front seat and we're about to pass this car which was completely unnecessary at the time. Like we really didn't need to pass them, but I guess he just wanted to. And so he goes over to the left to pass the car. So we're in the wrong lane. And there's just like a semi truck, like a huge 18 wheeler directly in front of us. And he had already committed to passing the car. So we're just basically playing chicken or we're like driving straight into the other car. And at the very last second, he like swerves out of the way. And I was like, I, I literally thought we were going to go head on into a truck. And I was like, okay. This is unnecessary. Like we didn't need this. Yeah. So what I did when I got there, so I first got to Guayaquil, which is like the city center. Like that's where I landed um, on the first day. And then we drove an hour-ish to go to her cousin's house, which is at a beach town. It's called Punta Blanca. <laughs> I keep rethinking that every time I say it because I kept calling it Punta Blanca. And one means white point and the other one means white whore. So I kept messing that up and her grandma was like cracking up because she was like, you have to stop saying you're calling it a white whore. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I meant, I meant the beach, I meant the beach. Um, so I went to Punta Blanca um, and went to her beach house. And then we stayed there for a few days. And the sunset was like, you guys have to look at my Instagram. Um, I've never seen a sunset like this in my life. Like it was so pretty. The whole sky was like pink and purple and their house was like directly on the beach. It was so beautiful. And then um, we were there for a few days and then we went to um, back to the Punta Blanca beach house and then drove to Cuenca, which is like a little mountain town that's like four hours away from the city. But we didn't drive there. We took, <laughs> this literally sounds like the plot of Taken. We took a bus from a random person in the city. Like her cousin drove us to this airport drop-off place where there's guys just standing outside and they're like, 
Cuenca, 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 and you just pick a guy and then you just get in their van and you just trust that they're going to take you there for four hours. But she swore to us that it was safe and it only cost $12. So I was like, okay. So we get in this van and I sat in the front seat because my legs are super long and that was the most leg room. And in hindsight, I don't know if I should have done that because all the cars there, everyone drives stick. And the guy was driving like a maniac, but it was like, you know, when you go to a mountain town or like even when you're driving on the coast of California and stuff and everything's just like super swervy and like you're going like very high uphill and then downhill and then like you feel like you're going to fall off the edge of a cliff. It was like that for four hours. And then the, um, then there was fog. And so at one point we're driving directly into fog where you, and I'm in the front seat so I could see everything the driver sees. Like you can't see anything in front of you. And he's just speeding through the fog at like 60 miles per hour and honking his horn just in case like anybody comes so they would know we were there. I'm like, I don't think the horn honk's going to do anything, sir. Like slow down. We're just going full speed. And I'm like, okay, this might be another time where I die. But we made it to Cuenca and it's so beautiful there. Like I haven't heard of this place, but everyone kept telling us throughout the whole trip, like, oh my God, you're going to love Cuenca. You're going to love Cuenca. And it's literally like, it looks like Europe. And I'm sure that has something to do with somebody conquering somebody, but that it literally looks exactly like Spain. Um, so it's this cute little mountain town and we were just tourists. We went to like all the fun little like restaurants and rooftops and got all these cocktails. I had the best Negroni I've ever had in my life. Um, and then we did this like bus tour, very much like the bus tours in New York where, um, it's like a, uh, what do you call them? Double decker bus where like you have the top and the bottom and you like go through the tourist thing. I've actually never done that in New York, but I did it in Cuenca. Um, and we went all the way to the top of the town and saw, it was just so pretty. You guys have to look at my Instagram, please. Um, and my TikTok, because (laughs) when you get to the top, there's like, um, an option to do like these little excursions, I guess. And again, everything there costs, like they use us dollars, but everything is like dirt cheap. So like to go on this bus ride, I think it was like $8. And then we got to the top and they're like, oh, if you want to go and do the excursions, it's $2. And I was like, okay. So we go even higher up, like we walk up there and there's this swing that like overlooks the entire city. So I don't know how high up you are, but like very high up. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm into adventures. Like I'm down to swing, whatever. But then I like look at the swing and it looks like it's put together by like spit and scotch tape. Like I was, I sat in the swing and I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I changed my mind. I'm over it. I don't want to do it. And the guy doesn't speak English. So he just continues to strap me in. He's like lifting my legs up. He's like, and my friend speaks Spanish and English. So she's telling him like, she's like, are you serious? Like, do you really not want to do it anymore? I was like, no, I really don't want to do it. Like, I really want to get out. And so she's telling him in Spanish. I'm telling her in English. It was literally the most chaotic thing that's ever happened. He didn't care. Like, I'm pretty sure he understood us. Didn't give a fuck. Pulls the lever. I swing out into, like, the abyss. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. I also posted this on TikTok. You need to watch it. It's hilarious. Um, But I was pissed. I was like, dude, I know you understand what we said. He was probably just like, oh, this stupid American. Like, they always regret it as soon as they sit down. But she probably really wants to go. Um, It was fun. But it it cost $2. And the swing looked like it cost $2. So now we're up to three times. I almost thought I was going to die. And I actually, at the top of this mountain, got recognized by someone from that knew me from The Bachelor. And I was like, in Ecuador? (laughs) 
of all places, I was like, this is the one place nobody's going to know me. Like people don't watch the show here. Apparently people watch the show in Ecuador. Um, it has more, more reach than I thought. But yeah, this girl on the top of the mountain was like, is your name Chelsea? Are you from The Bachelor? I was like, God damn it. I almost made it the whole trip. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and then I'll come back and tell you the rest. Okay, so I have to talk about this Airbnb that we were in in Cuenca because it was literally the Airbnb from hell. Um, it was really cute. It was really big. And when we first walked in, we were like, wow, this is a great place, a good find. It was $55 a night, which sounds bad, but that's normal in Ecuadorian money. Um, so we get there. It's cool. It's great, whatever. And it has, we're on the street side. And I am just like, I'm not really that much of an anxious person, but about safety things, like I can get kind of anxious. Like I like double check that all my doors are locked at night and like things like that. But like, that's just smart. So I don't like being on the street side of anything. Like I would never live on a first floor apartment in New York. <laughs> so this apartment was at the ground level. So on one side, you could like go downstairs and then the other side, you could just go out to the street, which is really cool in theory. Cause we're like, great. We have a separate entrance. Like we can just pop out and leave, whatever. And so the first night we're about to go to sleep and like lights off, literally in bed, everything. And the alarms start going off. And I, I had literally just been describing to Camilla, like the entire plot of Taken. Cause I was like, when we were in that taxi, like you guys shouldn't have been telling the guy everything about us. Like, oh yeah, we're staying here. We're staying at this place. Like we're three girls in the middle of random Ecuador. Like that's not what you do. You don't tell people that. That's how you get taken. So I've been talking about taken earlier that day. And then I had already scared myself by talking about this movie. And so we're going to bed and the alarm starts going off. And it's not like, like it was the alarm right outside of our window. So I was like, okay, it's official. Somebody's trying to break in and kill us, right? But before the alarm started going off, my like the bed just started randomly shaking and it felt and in my mind the logical thing was like someone's trying to break in and like the whole apartment is like shaking because they were trying to like break into the doors in reality it was an earthquake <laughs> like apparently in ecuador it's called tim a timblor um yeah it was a timblor and i was like sitting on the bed with camilla i was like did you feel that and she's like yeah like the whole bed like it just it felt like someone just took the apartment in their hands and just like shook it back and forth but in my mind, like I live in New York, my first thought would have never been, oh, it's an earthquake. Um, it was an earthquake. So then the alarms are going off. Then I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like you're being paranoid, like everything's fine. And so we go to sleep. Then the alarm goes off again at 3 a.m. It goes off at 6 a.m. It goes off at 6.30. And so like by the 6 a.m. one, I was like, okay, we need to go out there and look. Like we need to see if someone's trying to kill us. I don't have anything in the room to protect myself. I bring my like stainless steel water bottle because I'm like, if someone's out there, like at least I could smack them in the head with this or something. No one's out there. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to grab a kitchen knife just in case. So I literally sleep with this butcher knife next to my bed on the nightstand and have the worst sleep of my life because I'm thinking someone's trying to kill us multiple different times in the night. And we survived, obviously. And the next night, everything was fine, cool. We told the like Airbnb people about the alarm and she was like, yeah, we think just because of the earthquake, like maybe it's just sensitive now and it's just gonna go off. And I'm like, okay, not great. Like the only thing I want in an Airbnb, the only thing that I need you to have is like for me to be able to sleep. Like that's the one requirement. <laughs> and I could not sleep because of this alarm. So the second night, I'm like, okay, cool. The alarm's going off. I've accepted that now. The sewage, like they have plumbing issues there. 
and it was raining a lot. So like the sewage, there was like a sewage smell in the bathroom. So like it always just smelled like shit. And then the next day when her cousin was going to shower, uh, we came out of our room and there was water over the entire floor of the apartment. Like the entire apartment flooded. So I'm like, this is, could nothing else could go wrong in this Airbnb. Like this is the worst. So we call maintenance and someone comes up with a broom and I'm like, what is she going to do with that broom? And Camilla's like, this is just how we do it in Ecuador. She's like sweeping up the water. I'm like, I think she's going to need more than a, a little a broom. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So that was the Airbnb from hell. And my, my friend's mom is like going to also go to Cuenca soon. And she was like, yeah, I was going to recommend this place to my mom, but never mind. I think the like flooding was the last straw. I'm like, you think <laughs> we couldn't sleep. It smelled like shit. The alarm was constantly going off. Like, don't recommend this place to anybody, please. And I didn't talk about the food yet because <laughs> I literally, I feel like I ate so much and I ate so well, um, which is great, but I'm not, I don't consider myself a super picky eater. My friend Camilla would say otherwise, but like when she first met me in college in 2010, I didn't eat like anything. Like I didn't eat vegetables. Like I'd never had an avocado. Like I hated onions. I didn't like anything because my mom doesn't eat like anything. The moment she eats hamburgers and like cheese and chicken, like that's about it. <laughs> like my mom does not like vegetables. She doesn't like salads. She doesn't like any of this. So it wasn't until I moved in with Camilla and she like showed me all this stuff and would cook for me that I started liking different things. So I'm way different than I was in 2010 because then I moved here. I tried new foods all the time, new restaurants. And obviously I, I still hadn't had like traditional Ecuadorian food. Um, so her grandma's cook would cook for us. And I don't like, so they're huge on plantains there. They're green plantains and they're called, it's called verde. And they literally make them into everything. Like it's almost like, I feel like when I went to whatever, they make them in every dish, they make it a different way. They'll fry it. They'll bake it. They'll mash it. They'll turn it into a soup. Like it is in every single dish. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> so I first get there and they make me this traditional dish called bologna. And I was like, um, yeah, it's okay. Like, I don't mind it. And then poor Lucy, her cook was just sitting there like, how does she like it? Does she like the plantain? Does she like it? And I was like, yeah, it's not my favorite. I'm so sorry. But then by the end of the trip, I had found like 75 different things that I liked that had plantain in it. Honestly, I just like them when they're fried. So we had like, um, what are they called? Pat patacones, which are kind of like tostones, if you know what those are. Um, but basically it's like flat mash and fried with cheese on it. Like who's not gonna like that? And then there was another version of it that was like fried with cheese in it. <laughs> there was another version we had for breakfast that was like, it looked like scrambled eggs, but it was verde. Um, and then I had a soup version. It was wild. But by the end of the trip, I can confidently say, my friend's going to scream when she hears this, I like Verde now. <laughs> um, I still don't like it in certain forms, but they were just like, yeah, we'll just give it to her. Like, we'll just make it in different ways until, until she likes it. Um, and there was even one day, like one of the last days we had breakfast, me, Camilla and her cousin, they ordered like the most traditional American things, like a French toast and like scrambled an omelet. And I was the one that ordered like traditional Ecuadorian food. I don't even remember what this one was called, but it was like, it has this little like peanut sauce thing on top of the verde. Um, and I was like, oh my God, who am I? I've changed. Oh, I meant to mention today 
that I'm not actually alone in here. Like, I feel like anytime I do a solo episode, I'm like, I'm alone in the studio today, guys. But like, I don't think people realize that there's actually other people sitting in here with me. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, even on the episode about the rap, when I was like, help me out, Will, people are like, what the, who the fuck is she talking to? <laughs> or like, there's sometimes, yeah, there's sometimes I can hear you like giggle, Marty, and I'm like, there's other people in here. People think I'm crazy. <laughs> So in conclusion for my Ecuador trip, I feel like people are going to ask me like, oh my God, like, would you recommend me going to Ecuador? Like, do you think I should do that? And I feel like my honest answer would probably be no. I had a great time. I loved it. And I was with Ecuadorians that speak the language. Like one, if you don't speak Spanish, definitely don't go. Like, you're going to have a really hard time. It's not like going to Mexico when everyone speaks back to you in English. Like, it's not like that at all. And I thought I knew a decent amount of Spanish. Like, I got a lot better over the 10 days. Um, Do I think I could have gotten by in some of the touristy areas? Yeah. But, like, the areas that aren't touristy, no shot. And they don't care either. Like, it's not like they're like, oh, we all speak English. Like, it's okay. We'll help. No. Like, you're in their country. Like, you you should know how to speak a little Spanish. And if you don't, and if you don't have someone that speaks Spanish with you, And also like just the safety things, like there's so many rules that there's, that they have that like I wouldn't have known, even Camilla wouldn't have known because she hasn't lived there for so long um, and how to get around that like, I can't imagine just like me and my other American friend being like, let's go to Ecuador, we'll figure it out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. (laughs) But that is not to say it's not a beautiful country. I didn't have a great time. It was literally a trip for the books, definitely so many inside jokes and memories that I will take on forever. I got an Ecuadorian stamp on the passport. And next stop is Canada. <laughs> I'm going to Toronto in three days um, for the premiere of Bachelor in Paradise. This is going to be old, but yeah, going for the premiere. Um, yeah. So I'm going to answer one question for Chell It Like It Is. Someone wrote in and asked, would I go fishing on a first date? This is funny because um, everyone talks about how on dating apps, like there's always guys holding holding a fish and like, those are not the kind of guys I would usually swipe, right? Right is, I like them, yes, okay. Swipe right on, it's been a minute. Um, however, I've been fishing before. It's kind of fun. And like, I've been shark fishing, which, well, a little different than fishing, fishing, but whatever. Um, in South Carolina. And I love boats. Like I love to be on a boat. So I feel like fishing would be a fun first date only because mostly because I just like a guy that puts an effort on a date in general. Like if you went out of your way to rent us a pontoon boat, find a place to fish nearby, you got me a car to go to the, to meet you there. And we, you brought sandwiches and you planned a whole day and it was a beautiful day outside. Like I could get behind that. Like I, I think my ideal first date would probably just be like a really great restaurant. Like if, if I'm being really ideal, like it's a really great restaurant where you know the owner. So then he can bring out, he or she can bring out like all the best dishes and all the best drinks. And we get to try like everything on the menu and we get to talk and we're there for like a few hours and it's a great day and a good vibe, whatever. Like that's like my ideal first date because I just love eating and drinking and like (laughs) good food. Um, But like, I think activity dates are fun because you got to like you, first of all, you bond when you do an activity with someone. Like, I think that's pretty, 
pretty much just science. Um, and doing an activity on a first date is like, it kind of breaks the ice a little bit more. It's not just like sitting across from each other. Hey, what do you do for work? Oh yeah. Oh, when was your last relationship? Like you actually can do something fun and something different. And I've done plenty of weird random activities in New York. Like I recently went to this place called Swingers. It's a mini golf and it's like such a cute date idea. Like you go like, I think it was like nine holes um, of mini golf and they have cocktails. Like that's a cute day. I've done ax throwing in the city. They also have cocktails, which is dangerous, but it was really fun. Um, I've always wanted to go to one of those wrecking rooms. I still haven't done that, but like it's where you get the baseball bat and you put on the glasses and you just like break shit up and like smack a TV and like <laughs> break glasses and stuff. I think that'd be a fun date. Um, but yeah, I'm into activity dates. So to answer your question, <laughs> yeah. I'd go on a fishing date, but probably not in New York because I don't know where we would do that. I'm not fishing in the Hudson. That's weird. Um, But that's it, guys. Uh, Definitely, like I said at the beginning of the episode, please rate the podcast. Please like the videos. Please subscribe on YouTube. I'm thinking about making a TikTok specifically just for podcast clips because... I feel like on my TikTok, people don't want to see that. Not that they don't want to, but like people didn't follow me on my TikTok to watch podcast clips because I didn't have a podcast at the time. So I might just make a vulnerable pod TikTok. But for now, it's at Chelsea Vaughn underscore and at Chelsea Vaughn on Insta. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.